If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nintendo Switchcraft. On today's episode, we're going to talk about my experience with multiplayer in Monster Hunter World. We're also going to be talking about Pac-Man 99 and the return of E3. Let's jump right in. Before we do, click on the YouTube buttons if you're watching this over at nerdnest.tv. It really does help. And if you want to check out the podcast version of the show in your favorite podcast player, just do a search for Nintendo Switchcraft and subscribe. It's absolutely free and absolutely helps. Let's get started with the on pl- online uh, multiplayer aspect of Monster Hunter Rise. I have been playing that game, oh my god, so much. Um, I, I think I have 50 hours in the game already. It is incredibly addictive. It is the best Monster Hunter game that I have ever played. And I think it is probably probably on on its way to being my favorite game this year it's going to be tough to top monster hunter rise i like i said i'm 50 hours in and i just hit um the high rank stuff if you are unfamiliar with monster hunter uh basically they separate the game into low rank and high rank and uh, once you get to high rank stuff the the difficulty escalates quickly and uh, things get a lot tougher for you to kill, and uh, you got to do a lot more uh, behind-the-scenes work. You got to really get into upgrading your gear, doing extra runs on monsters that you've already killed in order to get parts to get uh, strong enough so that you can continue. It also unlocks a bunch of other equipment that you did not have before that you can put on uh, in the in in I think they're called decorations. Uh, which basically gives you another new new places to put stats on your gear, uh, but that's not really what I'm I, I want to talk about today. What I really want to talk about today is the multiplayer and the footage that you're seeing in the background. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, the footage you're seeing in the background is the first um, online hunt. I made a brand new character so that I wouldn't spoil anything for anybody. Uh, but this is the first hunt that you have if you uh, just go through all of the tutorial stuff as fast as possible and then queue up for an online match. And that's what I ended up doing. Uh, so the footage that you're seeing there is is the very first monster that you have to hunt in an online match. And um, I have to say, well, first off, if for those of you who are unaware... Monster Hunter Rise is the first game to use NPLN. Um, Before that, Nintendo ran all of their online games through a very, very antiquated multiplayer server system called NEX, uh, which is so old that it actually had like a deprecated line of code in it checking to see if you had Windows 98. (laughs) Uh, So... It's really, really old. 
and Monster Hunter Rise is the very first game to use their updated system NPLN. Now, if you've played games on the Nintendo Switch online multiplayer before, then I'm sure at some point you have experienced some pretty horrible lag. And uh, I think a lot of that can be attributed to Nintendo using their NEX system. However, some of it's also attributed to the fact that it's a portable console that will often have many walls between the person using it and the access point. And because of that, people don't always have the best connection to the internet with their Nintendo Switch. That's just something that comes along with having a portable system. You put that together with this 18-year-old multiplayer server system of NEX, and you get a perfect storm of unplayable garbage. I'm sure that uh, you've logged into Super Smash Brothers or something and had that effect of one of the people you're playing with has a really, really bad connection, and because their connection is so bad, the whole game slows down, and you can actually see the little clock in the corner of the screen ticking slower than real time. So, like, five seconds takes, like, 20 seconds, and it's incredibly frustrating to have to deal with that. And while I'm no expert, my guess is that that has a lot to do with NEX and people being too far away from their Wi-Fi points. Now, somebody might say, well, but I'm right next to my Wi-Fi point. And sure, I'm sure that you are. But what you have to remember is that it's a peer-to-peer network. And so if one of the people that you're playing with is not close to their Wi-Fi point, it's going to affect everybody. Now, I don't know how much is different with NPLN, but it's new. And I've been playing a whole bunch of Monster Hunter online. And I have to say, I have experienced zero lag. I've experienced zero interruptions. It has been flawless. It is a fantastic experience uh, playing online. And there's zero problems. So moving forward, I really hope that all Nintendo games use NPLN. And I I also kind of hope that they update old games to use NPLN. All right, let's move on and talk about another online game. And that's a game that came out of nowhere and surprised everybody. And that's Pac-Man 99. Now, if you've not heard what Pac-Man 99 is, uh, Pac-Man 99 is a um, Battle Royale Pac-Man game, much like Tetris 99. And some of you who listen to my other content might be aware of another Pac-Man Battle Royale game called Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle. It's on Google Stadia. Uh, You should absolutely try that out because it is a fantastic game. Uh, This is not that game. This is very, very different. Uh, And I'm going to take just a second to compare the two games and contrast them so that people know how that they are different. Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle is incredibly laid back and uh, slower paced. And you interact directly with the other people that you're playing against. So... Uh, You're playing against 64 other people, and each person starts with their own board, and uh, you can invade other boards by having these little paths that open up between them. You can then eat a power pellet, 
And if you have eaten a power pellet and the other Pac-Man on the board has not eaten the power pellet, then you can eat them just like you can eat a ghost. They also have power-ups that will make, you know, either the ghosts go faster or you go faster or it'll stun everybody on the screen, that kind of thing. It's a really, really fun game, and I absolutely adore it. I've put a ton of time into Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle. Now, compare that with Pac-Man 99. Pac-Man 99, first off, is a lot more like Tetris 99, of course, uh, but the big difference, and, and you know, the big difference is not the number of people that you're playing against. Yeah, it's 99 versus 64, but at the end of the day, who really cares? Um, the big difference is how fast the game plays. Pac-Man 99 is incredibly fast and frantic and nail-biting. It is insanely fast-paced, especially when you compare it to uh, Mega Tunnel Battle. Even when just comparing it to just traditional Pac-Man, you go a whole lot faster, a whole, like you start going faster a whole lot quicker, if that makes sense. Uh, so let's talk about how this game plays, uh, but both Pac-Man games, both Pac-Man Battle Royale games are fantastic for different reasons, and you should definitely play them both, depending on what kind of mood you're in. Uh, but let's, let's, let's talk about Pac-Man uh, 99. Uh, it Just like in Tetris 99, you've got your stage in the middle, and then on the right and left-hand side, you can see the other people that you are playing against. Uh, and then on the right-hand side, you have a basically this little cross uh, or a T-square, a, a basically, of who are you going to be targeting when you attack. So how do you attack in this game? Well, you eat a power pellet, and then when you eat a power pellet, you can eat the ghosts. When you eat a ghost, you send these little Pac-Man outlines called jammers into whoever your targets are, boards. And those jammers will, if you run into them, slow you down. So you can't go quite as fast. Uh, and that means the ghosts can catch up with you. So you have to be careful of the jammers. If you want to get rid of the jammers, eat a power pellet. The jammers all disappear, except for the red ones. I'm still trying to figure out how the red ones show up. And if you know how the red ones show up, leave a comment down below because I'm, I'm still struggling to figure that out. In order to get rid of the red ones, you have to eat the fruit. Um, but anyway, so you target uh, somebody by using this little T-square on the right-hand side, and you can either target like people who are targeting you, people who are close to getting overwhelmed, people who have gotten a lot of kills, and finally people who are just random is the fourth one. Uh, and that's very, very much, very, very similar to Tetris 99. You use the right stick in order to target on the left-hand side, you have four power-ups that you can choose between. So you've got uh, the train, the standard, the strong, and the speed. Well, let's talk about the train first. Um, when you're playing the game, uh, at the very beginning, you will see two columns of very, very small ghosts. I forget what these guys are called right now. Uh, there, but there's like these small ghosts in, in these columns on the right and left side. And if you go through that column of small ghosts and you don't have to be have a power pellet in order to do that, they won't kill you. What they'll do is they will go and attach to a ghost on the board. And I think it's always uh, whichever ghost happens to be closest to it. But I, I feel like if a ghost already has 
uh, a little ghost attached to it, then all of the other ghosts, the, the little ghosts, will attach to that one as well, which is a good thing, and I'll explain why in a second. So you go through and you you eat those little ghosts, and they attach to another ghost. Now, like I said, these little ghosts, you can go through. They won't hurt you, so they're not dangerous at all. Uh, and you want to have as many of them attached to another ghost as possible. Then when you eat a power pellet, they become full-sized blue ghosts that you can chomp. And so what the train ability does, from my understanding, is it increases the amount of, of these little ghosts that will attach to the big ghosts when you eat it while that power-up is active. However, at the same time, it will also create jammers on your board when you do that. So you have to be a little more careful because you could quickly overwhelm your own board by being too aggressive with the train button. And so I tend to stay away from the train button because I, I don't want to get overwhelmed too quickly. Uh, let's talk about the stronger button. Uh, the way that I understand it is that when you are eating ghosts and sending jammers, if you have the stronger button activated, it's going to send more jammers, but it will also make your power pellet not last as long. And because of that, you definitely don't want to have that on all of the, all of the time. I tend to just turn it on when I know I'm going to, okay, there's a power pellet right here and there's a bunch of ghosts right nearby. I'm going to hit that strong button, eat them all, and then switch. Uh, then you've got the the speed one. Uh, the speed one makes you go a whole lot faster. I, I believe that they said in the video that it doubles your speed. Um, but it also will make it so that you're not sending as many jammers out to the other players that you're targeting. And then finally, the standard one doesn't really do anything. It just makes you play like standard Pac-Man. In addition to that strategy, and you know, I'm sure that people will figure out the best strategy uh, for for that. So start playing as fast as you can because people are going to get real good real fast. Uh, but in addition to that strategy, each time that you clear the board, meaning you eat every single power pellet on there, you, you also get a speed boost, which will make you a little bit faster, which is great. You definitely want to be faster. And then on top of that, if you want to refill the board with more dots and uh, get your power pellets back, then you have to eat the fruit. Uh, eating the fruit will repopulate your board, but will also despawn any red jammers that are on your board at the time. The red jammers will kill you if you interact with them. So you have to be careful of those guys as well. Uh, if you eat a power pellet, the red jammers will freeze temporarily. So you can eat a power pellet, kind of get around them. If you feel like, oh no, I'm getting trapped. I don't have anywhere to go. Uh, eat, a, eat a power pellet. See if you can navigate your way to the fruit to kind of clear everything off. Um, I, I, I have yet to win a match in Pac-Man 99. Uh, the highest that I've gotten is three. The most, um, most of the time I get to somewhere between five and 15 or so. Uh, but the highest I've ever gotten is three. And I don't know if I'll ever win. But hey, you know what? I played a ton of Tetris 99. I never won. Came in second once. 
Uh, I've never won in Tetris 99, but I've had a lot of fun uh, playing that game. And I I can anticipate that I'm going to have a lot of fun playing Pac-Man 99. Um, if you're really, really enjoying the game, then there is a DLC. The DLC is basically skins. Most of the skins, I think, look terrible. One of them is themed on Mr. Do, which is very compelling and I really want because I loved playing Mr. Do when I was a kid. Uh, I even have like a Mr. Do action figure um or not not mr do i meant to say dig dug oh man mr do would be cool as well if you don't know who mr do is check it out if you don't know who dig dug is check it out but i even have like a dig dug action figure and i would love to use the dig dug theme uh they have all of the dlc or all of the themes in one like package for 30 bucks which seems a little high but at the same time, that all bring also gives you the ability to play offline. I don't know if I would ever play offline. It also gives you the, the ability to do private matches. If you guys want to do private matches uh, with me, you know, leave a comment down below. Maybe I'll end up picking up the DLC. And if I do, uh, then we can set up a time where we can do private matches. Uh, maybe I'll do a live stream of it or something. But I've been having a blast with Pac-Man 99, and I think that everybody deserves to 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 play this game and check it out it is it comes for free just like tetris 99 it comes for free with your nintendo switch online subscription so if you are spending the 20 dollars a year for the solo plan or the 35 i think it's 35 35 dollars a year for the family plan for um nintendo switch online then not only do you have access to tetris 99 but you also have access to pac-man 99 and they're both really really good games now if nintendo would just bring back super mario 35 i think everybody would be doing cartwheels all right let's talk about things that are coming back uh e3 is coming back as of april 6th e3 tweeted this out they said it's been Hard waiting quietly as we got ready for today, but we're thrilled to announce uh, our plans for June 12th through 15th. Uh, and then they say sign up at e3expo.com for more information about that. And Nintendo and Microsoft will be participating at E3 this year. Uh, Doug Bowser tweeted out, he, if you don't know who Doug Bowser is, it's hilarious that his last name is Bowser, but he is the uh, president of Nintendo of America, took over when Reggie fils uh retired. And yes, his actual last name is Bowser, and his <laughs> his Twitter handle is the true Bowser, which is hilarious. And he is the president at Nintendo of America. And uh, he says, it's going to be great to get the video game industry back together with our fans this June We'll make the virtual format fun and engaging. Looking forward to seeing you all in June. Now, Nintendo has been doing E3 virtually for a long time. I mean, they've been doing Nintendo Directs. They kind of moved away from, you know, getting up on stage and talking, which is great because I think that Nintendo was always really bad at that. You know, they're a Japanese company, and so when they get up on stage... They want to have the people who are making all of these these games and these decisions up on stage talking about them. But that means that they also, it's something like E3, they have to have a translator, which slows everything down and kind of makes the, the whole presentation less interesting. 
And so what I would prefer that they do is just what they what they ended up doing with Nintendo Directs, where they have somebody speaking in Japanese, but then they dub over them in English, and then they dub over them in Spanish and whatever other language that somebody happens to be watching the video in. You know, they have these the same video in different with different languages overdubbed instead of doing I talk, then I translate, then I talk, then I translate. It works so much better and has so much better pacing and momentum when it's just um, being dubbed over top of the uh, the Japanese speaking, which I think that that's what Nintendo has been doing for a long time. In addition to that, they would often do the treehouse events, which were in person like it was almost like on a stage, you could see people walking around uh, in the background at some times with treehouse events. And that was basically, hey, we're going to just talk about how to play this game. Uh, and, and often they would bring in, um, you know, Japanese speaking people to talk about it along with the translators, which slowed things down. Uh, but it was always cool to see how these games uh, would play. And they would sneak in extra announcements there. Now, Treehouse events, we've had Treehouse events in the age of COVID uh, where they just did it all virtually. And I think that they did a Monster Hunter Treehouse event, if I remember correctly. So I fully expect that as far as E3 goes, it will be business as usual for Nintendo, in my opinion. And here's my big question for today before we wrap up the show. What do you what are you hoping to hear about at E3 this year? I'm going to start by saying Breath of the Wild 2. I absolutely want to see Breath of the Wild 2. Now Andrea Renee uh who is a fantastic uh host over at What's Good Games. Uh she she tweeted at at Doug Bowser. She said excited to see what you bring to the show and then she said whispers Mario Kart 9 and it got me thinking really quick. I mean, I've said this a million times. What can Nintendo bring to Mario Kart 9 to make it worth Mario Kart 9? Like, you can already drive underwater. You can fly. You can drive on walls. You can do all of those things in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And if the answer for Mario Kart 9 is more levels or more racers, then why not just have them be DLC? The game is already gorgeous. It runs at 60 frames per second on the Nintendo Switch. I don't see a reason to bring Mario Kart 9. I just want to see more Mario Kart stuff. I want to see new stages and new new racers. But I don't want to have to spend $60. I would prefer to spend $10 for a new uh, couple of courses and a few new people to race with. And uh, do that a few times. I think that that would be better. I would rather have DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which I'm, I know there's going to be people that say, well, hold on, Bill. Uh, there's already DLC for Mario Kart 8. It was on the Wii U, and then they ported it to the Switch uh, and included it with Deluxe. And I'm aware of that. I just think I still think that that's better than Mario Kart 9. But guess what? Uh, Nintendo is going to bring out Mario Kart 9 at some point, and I'm going to be like, oh, all right, well, that's what they can do that they weren't doing before. Now it makes sense because that's what Nintendo does. Nintendo surprises us and shows us things that we we say, 
Well, of course that that's the way to do it, but nobody thought of it but them. Anyway, that's it for today's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you want to get these episodes early, uh, then you can either uh, subscribe to the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Uh, I post the, uh, the, vi- the, the video. I post the podcast to that as soon as I'm done recording it, which is usually on a Saturday. And if you want to join that, and get it early. It's the Early Access Club, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. I uh, also want to thank our uh, producers, um, I'm sorry, our producers and executive producers. That would be people like Orange Thunder, John Eisenmayer, Bowser, Travis McGuire, and Abigail13. Uh, if you are a YouTube member uh, over at nerdnest.tv, then you can also get the uh, access to the episode early. I post it early for members Uh, So if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, click on the join button for more information about that. Thank you very much for uh, listening and watching, and I will see you all next time. I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.